Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by columnist Barry Trammell. I am in Houston. Barry is in Des Moines, um, which is basically Houston of the Midwest, I've heard. Um, Barry, I may or may not have been at the biggest sporting event in downtown Houston tonight. There was a baseball game of some note going on <laughs> next door. But yeah, I was... hey, what, yeah, what was that like? What was that like with such a huge baseball game going on? Um. So I, uh, it, it was pretty cool. There was like tons of Astros fans um, at the at the Rockets game, like tons of Astros jerseys, shirts, everything like that. So clearly they were still supporting the Astros, um, who, if you guys didn't know, beat the Red Sox tonight um, in the ALCS to advance to the World Series. Um, but yeah, a lot of lot of Astros fans in the seats. I saw a lot of them. I don't really know where. I know it's not too far away, but I don't know where the baseball stadium is compared to Toyota Center. But there was a lot of people sort of walking to their cars. It looked like after the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was. It wasn't a packed house by any means um, for the Thunder Rockets game. But I was actually surprised at how many people were there. Um, yeah, it was opening night, but there was also like uh, a huge baseball game going on. So, uh, yeah, big night in Houston. Yeah, and uh, not such a big night uh, on on your end of downtown. Um, <laughs> that was a struggle. Holy cow! That only only eighty more. Biggest, eighty more, Barry. That that might have been the biggest struggle bus I can remember. Um, it was early, it was over early and it was over often. Let's put it that way. And it was over against like a team that's also terrible. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, I was sort of perplexed on why the Thunder couldn't be more competitive. I'm going to have to study on that and think about it. Uh, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say miss shots. Well, yeah. And yeah. And their defense was just beyond terrible. Um, with uh, you know, letting the likes of Eric Gordon get go crazy, and Jay Sean Tate, and Christian Wood, and Kevin Porter Jr. And, uh, you know, everybody's talking about Jalen Green. He actually didn't do all that much, but um, you know, they had uh, you know, they, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Let's see, uh, they somehow stopped Kenyon Martin Jr. from scoring, which was good. But uh, Kevin Porter Jr. made up for it with uh, 18 points. So I guess they batted one for two against the juniors of, of former NBA players. But, man, what a difficult, difficult thing to watch that was. Yeah, it was it was horrific. Um, I was sitting next to uh, Jonathan Fagan of the Houston Chronicle, who's uh, – been doing it since 1998 covering the Rockets and he was like well I think we're gonna see a lot more ugly games this year and there's no doubt about that but maybe there's going to be a a few less ugly games in Houston there than there is going to be in Oklahoma City 
Barry, before we get into the uh, the gritty part of the game, two games in, you have permission to lower your expected win total if you would like. Are you are you going to do that after you've seen this team play for two games? Well, did I have the lowest of anybody on the staff? I think you did. Was it nineteen? I, said 20, I know. We, I said twenty-two. I said twenty-two. I forgot what everybody else did. I, I said twenty, so I was low. Oh well, you got the you got the chance to go. It's like name that tune. Uh, I can name that. I can I, I can name that win total in eighteen. So then it's your turn, and you say I, I can name that win total in sixteen. I might I might go sixteen. I, I don't know if I'd go lower than that, but um, yeah, I mean they're they're just very bad. Yeah, they're 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 really bad, and I don't know why they're this bad. I mean, I don't expect them to to win twenty five games, but I don't know why you can't stay within twenty of the Rockets in the first half in October. So it was not it was not good. Uh, I saw some troubling things that really I think uh, bear watching as the season well, goes. Let's on. get into the, what what were they? Well, I mean, I I saw a lot of frustration out of SGA tonight. Um, and that's the worst thing that could happen. That's by far the uh, that's by far the worst thing that could happen to this Thunder team besides catastrophic injury. So that's really uh, something that bears watching. Um, you know, we we sort of wrote it off. Uh, the Thunder's put on a good face, saying, you know, he's he's got a positive attitude, which he certainly has up to this point. He signed up. You know, with the long-term contract, so six more seasons, he's he's bound to the Thunder, but he's never really gone through this. When he when he went out, you know, they're nineteen and twenty-four last year, competitive. Year before, they were really good with Chris Paul and the gang. So uh, I don't know that he's ever experienced this before, he, and he knows it. There's more like it coming down the pike. So I think that's uh, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm not ready to go there yet. I mean, yeah, I'm with you that it's something to keep an eye on. I think it would be still far away. Um, but the frustration, sure, it's the the, the team being terrible um, and knowing that this rebuild is not going to be easy. But it's also like personal struggles as well. I mean, he was um, he was not good in the the season opener. Seven of seventeen, one of seven from three. And then tonight against the Rockets, 6 of 15, 1 of 6 from 3. And SGA's whole thing has been efficiency. Like last season, just 35 games I know, but shot better than 50% from the field, 40% from 3. Was just elite, elite. Like put up like big man efficiency just with how he shot the ball. And this year he's off to a really bad start. Again, just, just two games. But he said... He said it's not the the way the defenses are playing him, which I, I'm not sure is, is totally right, just because there's like, no one else scares you on this Thunder yeah, team. There's, Josh there's Giddy, no room. Yeah, yeah. Josh Giddy can pass, but, like, he's not a scoring threat. Dort's not a scoring threat. Baisley's not a scoring threat. Um, and then Isaiah Roby. So those are the guys he's starting with. So defenses can totally focus on Shea. Um, but he said even more than that, it's like conditioning and rhythm, which makes sense. Like I said, he played 35 games. Uh, he had a plantar fascia tear. He's he's just getting back into the rhythm of things. So I don't know. I think there's multiple factors there, but there's not like an easy – as far as you said, there's no space for him. There's not really an easy fix for that. No. 
No, I, I think he's going to have to change his game a little bit and not, you know, he, what was it? He led the NBA last season in, in, in drives. Yeah. I mean, that's probably going to have to stop um, just because there's no place to go. Um, probably going to have to, uh, I don't know what you do, what the alternative is, but he's, you know, t- to me, it's just uh, the things he's good at are going to be more difficult to get. Uh, here in the coming weeks as as teams uh, see an easy mark. Uh, you, you know, play the Thunder, you can rest guys, and if you do these things defensively, the game's going to be won. So um, now I, 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 I did see Mark Dagnall, I thought, in that third quarter uh, do something different, which is the insertion of Mike Muscala, who hadn't played in the first three halves of the season. Muscala. You know, five of seven shooting, so 13 points led the team, matched SGA. Muscala can help spread the court. Um, and I know everybody, including me, wants to see the young guys develop, but uh, you also got to, in some ways, protect SGA. So I think that's something to keep an eye on is potentially more minutes for Mike Muscala. Yeah, no, that's a really good point because – like you said, it's balancing development versus not just totally sabotaging the offense and like frustrating Shea. You want to keep him happy, and you know if Derek Favors didn't start tonight, but he's sure not going to provide spacing. Um, Isaiah Roby is a willing shooter; he's not yet a good shooter. Robinson Earl's interesting. He was one of two from three tonight. Looks like he's. I, who knows? He, he didn't shoot it often or that great in college from three, but it's been a big part of his game in summer league and the preseason and these first two games. Um, but yeah, Mascala, as far as like giving Shea space and that pick and pop game, um, Mascala is the best partner for that. But but again, I don't know how many minutes they want to give him at the expense of the younger guys. But yeah, he was five of seven, two of three, 13 points. No big scoring games tonight. Um, Shea at 13. Poku had 10 off the bench. Kenrich Williams had 12 off the bench. You look at the starters. Dort, 3 of 9. Baisley, 1 of 7. Roby, 1 of 5. Giddy, 2 of 6. Shea, 6 of 15. Um, Speaking of the conditioning, there was one point in in the third quarter, like Shea came to the bench and he was like hunched over. His like elbows are resting on the seat, like he's completely bent at a ninety degree angle, basically, and just looked totally gassed. And like Vite Kretschy walked over and like patted him on the back, made, made sure he was okay. So I think that's like a legit thing he is working through. But yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not getting easier. And if you're really analyzing this game, which I don't know if there's any reason to, but. Yeah, we, we can get into fun stuff If you soon. studied this game, the thing that jumps out to me is uh, zero foul shots for SGA. You know, a guy that leads the, led the NBA and drives per game and a guy that, you know, sort of feasts in the lane, you'd expect him to get to get fouled some, and he, he got zero tonight. So that's interesting to me. So uh, I don't know the causes for that. I don't know why that occurred. Uh, I also know this, the Thunder can't make a foul shot. So... Um, they were 11 of 18 on game one, and now they're 9 of 16, so that's 20 of 34. So 
That's not that's not very good I, foul I think, shooting. They're, I they're, think they're, they're shooting the from fifties. Yeah, they're shooting from the free throw line. What opponents are shooting from the field against them, basically. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's not very much fun right now. That's the way it. Uh, let's to, to put it. Let's get into some matchup stuff. Um, I was looking forward to Josh Giddy versus Jalen Green. Green picked second by the Rockets. Giddy, of course, picked sixth by the Thunder. Um, the Thunder could have very well had Jalen Green had, had um, the odds not gone against them. Green did guard Giddy, which was fun, but Giddy guarded Jay Sean Tate, so we didn't get the full matchup. Not neither were like super exciting. Like I said, Giddy was two of six. Green almost had a just a massive dunk over Mike Muscala, but he, he finished four of eleven. What what do you think of those two guys? Just seeing Giddy for the second time, Green for the first time. I, I was sort of surprised at how little Jalen Green stood out um, compared to, say, his teammates, who are some of whom aren't much older than him. Uh, when you talk about some of those young guys, Tate, Tate and Porter Jr. and, um, uh, of course, Eric Gordon's an old guy. Yeah. So, uh, One of, but, I mean, Christian um, Wood is like a star at this point. He was he was yeah, really good and, tonight, and he yeah, he is fantastic. Thirty one and fourteen. So, um, uh, it he didn't really stand out, but you can tell. You could see a couple of the explosive plays and whatnot that that Jalen Green's got the potential to be really good. So, I think it's a case of. Uh, he's probably doing a lot like the other rookies and just trying to find his his footing. Um, you know, the, the kind of game the Thunder had in game one, the Rockets had that game at Minnesota, so it's not like this is not a, this is not a world-beating team, the Rockets, but they certainly found their groove tonight and, and handled the Thunder with ease. Yes, they're not world-beaters. Um, Barry, I... I I wrote about Alperin Shingun and um, why the Thunder passed on him at 16, basically playing the odds, getting back two first-round picks that are likely to convey rather than picking at the 16th slot. Um, I feel like I've talked it to death. I was I was talking to James on a podcast earlier about it. Would you like to – because you, you're as a – well-versed or more than I am about the reasons you want to talk through that trade and you know Alpern Shingun was like a fan favorite everyone wanted him um John Hollinger had him more like third on his board or whatever it was and the Thunder passed on him and I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way he didn't do much tonight to to rub it in the face of Thunder fans but talk us through that yeah I mean it's the the lottery went so poorly for the Thunder that you got to the draft and you weren't excited, but but uh, Sangoon kept falling and falling and falling, and all of a sudden you think he may be there at sixteen for the Thunder, and darned if he wasn't. And then came the news that he's been that uh, he was being picked by Oklahoma City, but as part of a trade to Houston. And what it was is. You know, the Rockets had uh, future first-round picks from Detroit and Washington, and they were willing to, to send them the Thunder's way for that 16 pick. And it's a case of we don't really know what the Thunder thought of Sengun. We don't know if 
they had him high or had him at 16 range or would have taken him without this offer. But there are certain beliefs and certain tenets that you live by in the draft. I mean, here's the deal. The draft goes quick. I mean, you got five minutes in that first round. And that's five minutes to decide who you want to pick. That's also five minutes to decide on trade offers. You know, Toronto calls you and offers you something. (coughs) You don't have a lot of time to sit there and think about it. You don't have time to negotiate. You don't have time to say, well, what about this instead? And one thing that good organizations do, and maybe all of them, I don't know, is you have you have certain values attached to to certain slots and a future two future number ones especially even though they're lottery protected to some degree from from uh, franchises like Detroit and Washington which are not you know these are not franchises that, that go deep into the playoffs they're not going to be draft in 24th and 26th if you get the chance to take two of those then it's sort of automatic you just do it it's almost it's almost like the stock exchange there's just things you you don't really worry about what the stock is there's just things you do and you live by and it was sort of automatic so the thunder just did it now it's unfortunate that it it came on a guy like Sangoon that everybody was right their antennas were so far high on 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 this guy, if it, let's say the same thing was Trey, it was Trey somebody Mann. like Trey Mann. Trey Mann. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody would have even, would, would be walking away saying, what a great trade. I mean. Yeah, I don't think I would have written today about why they passed no, ex- on Trey Mann. Exactly. And and in all fairness to the Thunder, you know, I watched the game tonight and Sangoon, he didn't really stand out. He's just guy out there running around, you know, playing well like everybody else in red. <laughs> against the team in blue. So um, we'll see. Maybe he turns out to be Jokic. You wrote, you know, you said if he turns out to be Nikola Jokic, well, that's that's going to be unfortunate for Oklahoma City. But um, otherwise, it's probably a pretty good deal for the old for the old Oklahoma Cities. It added to that to those draft picks. Yeah, yeah. Just a couple things to add. Like the Thunder fully realizes that there's a chance, albeit a very small chance, that he does turn out to be a great player, and they look dumb for doing that trade. Um, And, yeah, they'll get roasted for it, but chances are he's not going to be an all-NBA player or even an all-star. Like, out of the last 11, just going back to 2010, looking at the 16th pick, there's more out of the NBA than still in it. So, Um, And then the other part of this is he's a center, and there's – those guys often get played off the floor in the most important games in the playoffs. So um, that's a, that's another. It's not like he's a three and D wing or something like that. That's all the rage. Yeah, and yeah, and you almost have to be a superstar center to to know for sure that you're gonna you're gonna be on the floor in crunch time. Yeah, because as you mentioned, you can get played off the floor, and they can make set up matchups, and you know. Uh, Rudy Gobert and and Joel Embiid and Jokic are going to stay on the floor, but a lot of teams, they, most teams, the center won't. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you got if you got, Steve, if you got Stephen Adams out there and the other team wants him out, they can make you take him out. 
Yeah, it's a it's, it's a lazy comparison because they're both from Turkey, but like Ennis Cantor, who is an elite offensive player, but gets played off the floor because of his defense. I'm not saying Shangun will be that type of player, but like that's the risk. Yeah, and here's here's what I said about the Shangun trade back in July when it happened. If he can guard the pick and roll in the NBA, it's a bad trade for the Thunder. Because he clearly, I think everybody thought and realized this guy has NBA offensive talent. He's an NBA player offensively. But if he can't guard the pick and roll, then his value plummets really quickly. So, we'll, you know, it's too early to t- know, but we'll see. They'll, they'll have uh, Usman Garuba guard the pick and roll if Shangun can. Usman Garuba, he played 549 tonight. First off, isn't it just so so... I mean, these two teams played in the playoffs less than 14 months ago. It's still weird for me to see, like, Eric Gordon tear the thunder up, like, when, you know, he's out there with all these other guys. Twice Eric Gordon got the ball, different quarters and stuff, and for a split second it came in my mind. I said, hey, what are you – you're not supposed to be out here. This is like a JV game. <laughs> you don't you, – this is – I, I don't – and I – I mean, I was being serious in my spirit. I was offended that the that the, uh, you know, the – the administrators running this league in this game had allowed an infidel to take the court. He's not supposed to be out there. That's what it seems like. Like what? It's it's like he's playing down a league or something. Yeah. Now, I guess you could say the same thing about SGA, but SGA didn't play that well. And Gordon, you know, well, Gordon's and one Gordon's of those guys older fall and out of like... bed. And, yeah, and he'd fall out of bed and make a 25-footer. So um, it was strange because – are those the only two guys left? There's only two guys left, aren't they? Well, Lou Dort, Lou Dort. Yeah, and um, Baisley. And Baisley, yeah, Baisley. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> And then for the Rockets, uh, Daniel House is still there. Um, also, another, like, like Eric Gordon, it's weird seeing DJ Augustine out there, too, for the Rockets. Is D- Daniel House is the one that defied the bubble, right? Yeah, they, they sent him home. Yeah, because he, he brought a girl up to his room Yeah, there was th- in defiance of the bubble or something. Crazy. He's still around. He's still on the bu- he's still on the roster. I, I interrupted you from um, probably saying something really positive about Darius Baisley. I mean, he was terrible tonight, and he wasn't good the other night, and frankly, he wasn't all that good last season. Last time he was good was in the bubble, um, and he was pretty good, and you thought, this guy's going to be a player. And I don't know if, you know. He looked especially bad defensively tonight. I mean, just. Yeah, he's he's won a seven shooting. He played 18 minutes, and they're minus 27. Um, it, was not a, it was not a pretty sight. So I don't, know, I don't know why the stagnation with Darius Baisley, but he needs to, he needs to get it going again in terms of, in terms of uh, player development and getting better. Yeah, I mean, this is. This is a really, really big year for Baisley and his future, like not only with the Thunder, but in the NBA, I think. Yeah, I would say so. So now, now two guys I thought looked pretty good. Maybe somebody, uh, you know, Poco's numbers were actually pretty good. He had 10 points, seven rebounds, and four of nine shooting. He didn't really look great to me, though. But two guys looked pretty good. One almost always does, and that's Kenrich Williams. Um, he, he he comes to play. But the other guy, and he's making me eat my words, but Trey Mann was halfway decent again. Uh, made two or three from the deep and 
three or five overall. And he's so quiet out there. Like he doesn't, he doesn't talk after he makes a three. He's he he just looks just very calm. I would guess. Well, and I sort of like that. I sort of like that. So yeah, I'm, so I'm encouraged by the Trey Mann situation. I mean, it's two games out of out of eighty two forgettable games, but he's. You know he's got the potential to to uh, to help the Thunder organization. Um, nothing's going to help this team, but you know he's got a chance to do some things. Yeah, um, Gabby Deck and Ty Jerome, two guys that didn't play Wednesday, also played. O of two from Deck, O of five from Jerome. I, I don't really see it with Deck. Uh, with Jerome, he can clearly shoot, just not a good night. And then Crutchy was O of two. Still too early to to know anything about him. Um, Barry, let's let's end on a happy note. I was I was only joking when I said that Des Moines was the Houston of the Midwest. Is what I think I said. But do you like Des Moines or Houston better as cities? Oh my goodness! Now, the, the, now here's the deal. If you're telling me that I got to in the middle of January. I got to go spend six days in one or the other. I'd probably say uh, I'll take Houston. I mean, it's just too cold. But if it's only two days, I'll come to Des Moines. And if it's any other time besides the winter, I'll come to Des Moines any time. So um, I, I knew the answer. I just wanted yeah, to. It's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful place, Des Moines, and there's very little traffic, and they got some cool places. We had Chinese pizza tonight. If you've never eaten Chinese pizza, it's your loss. It's a wonderful thing. Which ones did you order tonight? All right, we uh, we had ended up with a group. Some OSU people went with us. We ended up with a group of ten. So we had we had egg roll pizza. We had uh, crab rangoon. We had general so. We had kung pao, and we had one more. Well, oh, uh, beef Mongolian, I think it was Mongolian beef. I think that's what I think that's the five we had. And um, if no one knows what we're talking about, there's this there's a place in Des Moines, Iowa called Fong's, Fong's, Fong's Pizza, Pete's. and it's you describe it perfectly, Barry. It's just like it's exactly what it sounds like. All of those Chinese traditional Chinese dis- dishes that you would get anywhere. I don't know if they're traditional, but you get them here in, in the U.S. It It's just the pizza form of all of those. And it tastes exactly like you would think it would. You know, a lot of Oklahomans have had taco pizza. A lot haven't, but a lot have. And what is taco pizza? Well, it's it's pizza that tastes like a taco. So what is egg roll pizza? It's a pizza that tastes like an egg roll, just like an egg roll. <laughs> it's the darndest thing. So uh, I, I figured out the key is the sauce. Instead of, like, marinara sauce, you know, that yeah. we have on our pizza here, it's basically replaced with Chinese sauces. Like sweet and sour sauce is the basis on the uh, on the egg roll pizza. On the crab rangoon, it's one of those white. I don't even know what it is. Uh, some sort of some sort of cream sauce. Yeah. So it's just it's really good and it's fun because taco. I mean uh, Chinese pizza. You know what do you do? And so uh, yeah, we had a great time. Got the big OSU. Uh, got the big OSU Iowa State game where I'm fairly confident it's not going to be over by the end of the first quarter, as it was today. Um, no, that'll that'll down, be a, down a in game. Houston. 
Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Rockets, Rockets Thunder started at 7, ended at 7.20. That's the way that game went tonight. <laughs> um, man. I, and, uh, I don't know. But I had to stay longer than that. Thank you very much. Well, and, and here's the here's the de- here's the deal. Uh, you know, I watch these games late. I I ended up I got to watch this one after it started. I mean, after it ended is when I started watching it, and I avoid the score religiously. But during during dinner tonight, Dylan Buckingham of Channel Four NBC affiliate, he said, "If anybody cares, the Thunder's down 20. <laughs> well, I didn't want to shush him, so I just let him talk. And then a minute later, he said, "Well, they're cut it to 14. They're down 14." And um, so I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe they're actually going to make it a game. But, you know, I forgot. I never did figure out exactly which part of the game he was talking about when he said it. But they did get up 20, and then they cut it a little bit. And then all of a sudden they're down 23. Yeah. And then 29, and then 30 in the first half. And, oh, boy. Um, So it, it was a struggle. I'm sure it was a struggle to uh, watch it live. I'm sure it was a struggle for Thunder fans to stay with it uh, on television live, and it was a struggle for me to sit here and watch it on tape um, because it was just uh, an endless, an endless variety of of miscues by the Thunder. <laughs> I wish I would have worked that into my story. That's great. An endless <laughs> variety of, of miscues. Barry, it's it's uh it's after midnight. You've got a game to cover tomorrow. I, I would tell more stories about Des Moines. I I'll tell one. I, I love I love Des Moines. I was lucky enough to go up with Barry and Ryan Aber uh to cover an OU game up there a couple of years ago. And Barry and I uh drove back after the game. It was an eleven o'clock game and uh it was it was not an endless variety of miscues, but it seemed like an endless night driving back to Norman, but we made it, and it was a fun trip. Yeah, it was a fun trip, and you were kind enough to drive most of the way, or all the way, if I remember right. No, I think we, I think we switched off a little. Oh, didn't we? Well, you were kind enough to drive till the football games were over, because I had my uh you guys should see barry's setup on the road i had my laptop and my ipad both set up watching that's a night i think tcu was playing ohio state and texas well you had three i think you had like your phone the laptop and the tablet yeah i had three i had three going um you look like a command center driving down the highway i-35 goes a lot quicker on saturday night when you have multiple college football games going so um, but yeah, we had a good time, and uh, Ames is a fun place to go watch a college football game. I've been to been to a bunch of games in Ames, Iowa. I've been to a bunch of games at the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas, and often those games are good, just not tonight. Yeah, not tonight. Are, are you going to be at the um, Thunder game on s- Sunday? Um, I'm going to be there. Yes. Um, there seems to be a but. I have my mask. You got to, you know, they want you to wear a mask, so I'll have my mask. I need to get one of those masks that are elongated because I might just want to pull it up over my eyes as well as my nose and mouth. So maybe we could get um, like a dark face shield that like covers yeah. our eyes or something. Yeah. So, oh boy, I'm just ready for the Ben Simmons saga to to rain down on OKC. That'll be that'll be fun. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I assume he's not making the trip. I assume not. I assume not. Um, it does not appear that he's mentally ready is what uh, – that's my best guess. 
but we'll, we'll um, see if we're mentally ready to to watch the Thunder play. Yeah, again. and uh, I'm interested to see when the Thunder puts up a fight against one of these teams. Um, maybe it comes Sunday. You know they're not going to lose every game by thirty. That's just not the way the NBA works. Um, so, at what point do they break away? We're about to find out. I think. Well, Barry, thank you so much as always for for doing this, and thank you all for listening uh, to the latest episode of the Thunder Buddies podcast. And like we just mentioned, we'll be back with you Sunday night, the first regular season home game with fans since March 11th, 2020. And we will be back with you after that one.